they uh, realized like, oh man, if this, um, if this equipment had been plugged into something else, or if this, if we had gone into a maintenance window and, and got this over the air, done something that we needed to do, this could be a pretty serious kind of entry point or vector for uh, some more operationally damning uh, malware or something of that effect to, to land on this system that we need to fail. Hello and welcome to our Risk Matters X.0 podcast. My name is Keon McEwen, the Global Head of the Industrial Security Operations Center here at ABS Group. And today our special guest is Blake Benson. But before we introduce our guest, I want to make sure we take a little time to understand what we're discussing here today. So this special series is for the Cybersecurity Awareness Month, and we'll be diving into a few war stories in different industries. And today's industry is maritime industry. Blake, take some time and introduce yourself and let everybody know who you are. Sure. I'm Blake Benson. I'm a senior director at ABS Consulting, and I'm our industrial cybersecurity practice lead, uh, which does include both shoreside and floating maritime assets. And um, a lot of people have have met me or known me, uh, know that I'm an Air Force veteran, uh, used to be a cyber operator uh, over there, and and now just a washed up operator that... that uh, deals with maritime risk and industrial cyber risk. Well, thanks, Blake, for joining us. So tell me a little bit about this first incident that you have to kind of share with us. Yeah, sure. So, um, yeah, we got we got a request to talk about war stories. And, um, you know, I love, love a good war story being a prior operator myself. And so, um, you know, one of the funny, funny ones that came to mind that uh, I wanted to talk about was this assessment we had on a pretty decent sized cargo vessel. And we were out uh, assessing some of the critical control components on that ship as, as we do, you know, there's, there's not a ton of people um, there in the space. There's not very many people who are, who are used to seeing cyber guys on board that are assessing, you know, kind of pr- what we consider in the, in the maritime space, primary essential systems um, by IMO. Right. Uh, but, but kind of critical control equipment on board the ship and, uh, I was doing some assessments on this cargo management system that was there, and I was going through the files, and I'd found um, I had found some interesting registry entries that had that had been linked to an upload from USB that uh, went back to an entire, basically went to an entire uh, Katy Perry discography uh, that I found on that system. And I don't remember what album it was, but it had like the album cover and and a bunch of videos. Uh, which is pretty interesting. Um, and, you know, that could have been like transferred through VLC probably or or some other random media player on like an, a USB autoplay. But um, yeah, finding an entire, you know, if you're playing bingo on a ship of like things a cyber assessor might find, um, I don't know that Katy Perry discography <laughs> would, be, would be one of the things you would expect. So that's probably- What was the response after, after it was found? Could you share yeah. some thought on what they did after the fact? Yeah. So, you know, one of the first things was um, a lot of times, you know, people have moved to, uh, you know, it, as kind of a trusted advisor in that space, one of the things we talk about is, you know, if they don't have a mature program and the Navy is really good about this, I'm going to throw some shade at our, at our Navy counterparts, uh, being an Air Force guy, I always, I always thought it was odd. You would, you would want to be on a ship instead of in the air, but they, uh, <laughs> They glue like 
they glue their USB port shut sometimes, which I think is really effective if you don't need them ever. <laughs> and so, you know, maybe a more economical way to do that would be just to install like a physical port blocker on the USB ports. And so the first thing I did was ask if they had a policy of, you know, who can connect and because I wanted to know, I essentially wanted to know whether or not it was one of the crew members who had, who had plugged something in or if it was uh, something that had washed off of a vendor uh, maintenance laptop, which is a super common situation, right? And, um, and it, you know, turns out, um, I think in this case, it was the crew. And so, like, you know, we told them, hey, maybe don't use um like a critical control equipment vendor maintenance interface to charge your personal cell phone that's probably not a good idea uh, <laughs> but um but yeah so that was that was kind of how that played out so that ties back to some of the services we we have here at abs that was done as part of an assessment correct yeah that was part of uh you know again um this all this kind of started you know if you look at Coast Guard and you look at industry like IMO 2021 and some of those requirements, those those tailored assessments on the OT, uh, like vulnerability, really it's cyber vulnerability assessments on OT equipment on board the ship, right? Um, but because IMO requires you, or at least in IMO 2021, required people to integrate a cyber management uh, risk, risk plan with their safety management systems on board, um, we you know, or that primary essential system term started getting thrown around and then people wanted us to do more in-depth assessments there. And so that that was the service we were performing. And, you know, a lot of a lot of the good mature programs that we see, um, some of the things that we recommend would prevent that, right? Like the port blocker, uh, physical port blockers, like I mentioned before. Um, and then, you know, actually having a vendor maintenance plan, right? Like, coordinating those visits for the vendor to come on board and make sure that they're scanning their hardware and scanning their internal devices before they even plug anything into a critical control system on board, even if it's their own equipment. Um, yeah, we've, we've recommended that. And those those policies have been successfully implemented on a lot of the ships we've surveyed as well. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's really program. It, it's the vulnerability assessment, but generally because a lot of these maritime crews are so um, new to cyber, we we oftentimes have to do kind of a program stand up for them as well and help them develop uh, those kind of cut and tailored maritime specific cyber policies to help them. So you were talking about the crew and how they receive it. Can you give us some insight on how they receive this feedback from you guys? So once you found this, you were presented to the crew. What did the crew themselves say besides the, the management who was saying we need better policies and better, better tech? What, what was the crew's response? Yeah, that's a really good question. So the crew, um, you know, after getting over the initial embarrassment of like someone on board had an entire Katy Perry discography just sitting on their phone somewhere, um, they <laughs> they uh, realized like, oh man, if this um, if this equipment had been plugged into something else, or if this if we had gone into a maintenance window and and got this over the air, done something that we needed to do, this could be a pretty serious. Um, kind of entry point or vector for uh, some more operationally damning uh, malware or something of that effect to, to land on this system that we need to sail, right? Like your, your cargo management system on board um, might not be, if you ask a, a ship captain how big of a priority it, it is, I mean, it, it is 
for efficiency and all kinds of other things. I mean, they really rely on those inputs. Um, maybe not as critical as something like a propulsion system, right? I mean, that would keep you dead in the water, but it's definitely something that that matters to the mission of that ship if it's a container ship, right? And so uh, they understood they understood that it was something they really needed to ensure would be uh, totally reliable at all times and how this could potentially impact that. And so they they were actually, they were like, okay, well, this is our only USB port down here in this section of the ship or this area of the ship. So uh, what are some <laughs> what are some ways that we can pull more power in here to charge our phones or, you know, what, what do we need to do to avoid going up two flights of stairs um, to, to get our phones charged or something like that. But yeah, they were, they were receptive and understanding that uh, there needed to be some changes with how they interface with their critical control equipment. That's for sure. I think that's a key insight that when, when the operators of people who are using this equipment understand the reason behind the cybersecurity measures we're putting in place or recommending, they're usually pretty on board with with those suggestions and they, they kind of see the insight and the reasoning behind it. It's not something they're fighting against. It's more something like, oh, yeah, this is important. If this thing was actually connected to something, it could have been a bad day. And that's huge because, you know, a lot of the times um, if you have good crew buy in, a lot of these a lot of these processes and policies kind of uh, iron themselves out on their own organically. Um, like if they understand the risk of people plugging stuff in where they're not supposed to and they take ownership over the security of that system. When vendors come on board and are plugging random stuff into their things, they, they typically tend to start asking questions. Right. And so those vendor policies and things that we were talking about earlier have a little bit more enforcement on them um, when you've got a couple ETs in your ear asking you why you're plugging into that and why you're not using the ghost drive to reboot it or, you know, all those things that um, that we recommend to them. They they tend to take to heart once they determine that they actually need to take ownership over the security of those systems. Right. That's, that's absolutely perfect. So my other observation here is this. I think in the maritime industry, the people who are manning these operating stations and equipment that you're finding this stuff on are probably around that equipment for much more than just eight hours a day. So it's it's like their their home. So they start to be a little bit more comfortable with that environment. So it's good to to give them that insight, to give them that knowledge. You know, yeah, even as you're comfortable and you're you're feeling like it's it's a place that you're going to be for a while, it's good to keep in mind the security aspects of what you're doing. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And they know what a bad day looks like, right? I mean, they understand what, what the consequences are um, from a physical and operational perspective. And so if, if you can communicate that cyber risk back to them in terms that they understand operationally, it's an easy win every time. So my, my last question is, were you guys ever, ever to flush out who the Katy Perry fan actually was? No. So they... <laughs> No, we uh, we did not deter. I mean, we I could tell, you know, based on some preliminary evidence of just like how it would, you know, just thinking about the rationality of how that would have happened. Um, we we did know that it was probably someone from the crew. And it was, um, again, like one of those VLC auto downloaders um, that had prompted that exchange. But um so many people, you know, this is another, you understand this, a lot of people in the maritime industry understand this, but, um, you know, when you're dealing with an organization that has sister class ships, um, crew availability and manning of those ships tends to, tends to rotate. And 
um, not to, not to like go down a workforce rabbit hole or anything like that, but, um, you know, availability of, of the same staff and the same crew to man a voyage is, um, gonna be relatively inconsistent depending on what organization you're working with. Right. I mean, stuff pops up in their lives. They, they have turnover, some are contracted, some aren't, and it's always just a big mix. And so, um, you know, some of these systems are so old and so antiquated that that cargo management system I'm talking about had been in place since, you know, the early 2000s and so mid 2000s. And so, um, yeah, with there, without doing real forensics on it, it would be hard to tell when that got on there. Right. I mean, I looked at the file creation dates, but um, they they flash these things and rebuild them. And oftentimes when they rebuild them, they assume that there's nothing wrong with them. And so a vendor may do a full restoration or an upgrade. And every time they do that, you know, the entire disk changes because it's a new it's a new build or a new partition that they wanted to add some stuff to. So you never really know when it initially got there, but with as much turnover and as much um, with as much turnover and as much crew uh, kind of instability there is in today's like kind of maritime workforce. Yeah. I mean, it, I don't think it was anyone on board, but you never know. I mean, would you, I, I don't know that I would have raised my hand and been like, yeah, that's my Katy Perry photography. Yeah. If I'm like a 40, 45, 45 year old gentleman from the great state of Texas or Tennessee, right. May, may not, may not raise my hand there. So in conclusion, can you, can you kind of sum up what this war story means to you and why you decided to share this one with us and what the listeners can take from it? Sure. Yeah. I mean, this, this uh, plug in your phone in, you know, if you're an operator um, of, of any of this equipment, right, whether you're an ET or a third mate or, or you name it, and you're, you're down here, maybe you're just a control engineer on board or, or whatever, but you're walking by, you see an open USB port at three in the morning. Um, you know, you want to watch, you want to watch a video or something on your phone and um, you're hooked up to crew Wi-Fi or whatever else and your phone's dying, you don't have your battery bank on you. You're just looking for an open port, right? And so if you don't know that that could be an issue and you don't know that, um, you know, worms and a lot of other, you, you, a lot of other malware can propagate through USB, um, then you're probably not going to understand the risks that that has, right? It's just a, it's just an element of convenience for you. And so, um, these somewhat innocuous on their own activities, or at least in their minds, uh, explaining like how that could impact the actual operation or mission of that ship and make it an unsafe operating environment is uh, something that, you know, we take a lot of pride in, but also take pride in teaching them so that, you know, they kind of understand and again, take ownership over that. Um, and it's just one element. I mean, there's, there's so many other stories like this, that one, that mm -hmm. one's just a, a pretty funny one, but um, there's so many stories like this where it's just a, it's a really small thing that happens on the ship, but because there's not a level of cybersecurity program maturity, or there's not a level of, of, of training or understanding amongst the crew or really an institutionalized program where they have expectations before they even come on board or before they sign up to, to set sail on one of these, on one of these rigs, they, they just don't without that knowledge, they don't understand the importance of it. And so 
giving them that is is really a, a treat and a pleasure and then seeing the lights turn on for them um as as we finish these engagements and and um you know how they start thinking about other things that they do you know we'll hear stuff all the time it's like we do this and they're like oh man i uh i i knew we shouldn't have plugged that log printer in <laughs> like upstairs or i knew that data historian shouldn't have been plugged up to the wi-fi like you know, there's other there's other stuff that they start to pick up on where they're like, okay, maybe I shouldn't, maybe I shouldn't do that. Um, but it it just you you got to start somewhere, right? And so, absolutely, it's a great industry. It's a great industry to teach and learn and and share knowledge in for sure. Because it's just you know, we're all growing, we're all growing in this space, right? I agree with you. I think it also highlights an important reason to do regular assessments on your your environments, especially the critical environments, because you never know when these type of things pop up and they turn into a learning um, learning engagement for everyone involved. So I think it's a, a, a great thing to keep in mind. Um, thanks, Blake, again for your for your time and your your stories here. We really appreciate it. And thanks everyone for joining. Um, hopefully you'll catch us next time on Risk Matters X.0. Thanks, Keon. Really appreciate it. You've been listening to Risk Matters X.0, a podcast focused on all things risk and why it matters to the people, businesses, and industries that sustain our world. Join the conversation by subscribing to our channel and we'll be in touch. Thanks for tuning in to Risk Matters X.0.